I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. All right, we are here, the Understanding Jesus podcast, bum, 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 bum. week 23, baby. Woo! We are so excited. What a We've... special day this is, Daniel. I know. Why is it special, Troy? Today, today of, is a day of days. Uh, today, we have a special guest with us what? today. We haven't had a guest. You know, we started doing this. We always had guests on. Uh, we haven't had a special guest in weeks. Weeks. Months. Months. It is months. Is it months? Uh, and uh, since we've been in this COVID-19 epidemic, uh, pandemic, uh, something Season, else-demic, yeah. <laughs> whatever-demics, uh, and um, uh, today, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because we have Kim with us today. My Ooh. wife, my lovely wife of almost 31 years. Kim, Kim is here with us. I was roped into this. Yes. <laughs> Kim. <laughs> Sorry. Kim and I used to be in radio together. What? We had we had a rate we met at a radio station. We got married while working at a radio station. Our, on the way home from the hospital with our firstborn child, the first stop we made after we left the hospital was the radio station. What? Our daughter used to be on a radio program with us when she was early. She cut her teeth on vinyl records. Oh. Also made some uh, weird ago. baby-like sounds on the air. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of like full circle. It was, yeah. So it's, <laughs> so it's all come around exactly. Uh, and Troy makes uh, weird sounds yeah. on the exactly. Oh, so I make weird sounds. But the um, uh, we're so glad to have Kim here today. Kim, Kim is um, uh, to say that Kim is a Bible scholar is an understatement. Oh. Kim is very fluent in the Word of the Lord, uh, and so we. Um, the pressure is on. It is. It is a little bit, but more so on me. I'm just going to say because it has been. It's always you know when you're in ministry and you're a pastor and you and you preach and you go to the church usually. Uh, you can, the majority of the people in your church, you have a stronger Bible knowledge than. Sure, but sure. when you live with someone who challenges that Bible knowledge, Ayo. it is a little bit uh, a little bit tough. Uh, so I don't, Kim and I do not play Bible trivia together. <laughs> uh, well, we're here in front of God and everybody. <laughs> Let's play a game today. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, so uh, but Kim, just, uh, uh, yes, we, we to clarify, we were in Christian radio together. I was in secular radio before I met Kim. Uh, and then got into Christian radio and met her there. Uh, probably Kim was one of the most popular people at our radio station for the, at least for the duration of time we were there. Mm-hmm. I'm building her up something amazing, but she was. <laughs> uh, people, I remembered uh, that little girls would come in and say, uh, the parents would tell me that they would pretend to be Kim uh, on the air and they get tape record, have a little microphone, and they would mm. pretend to be Kim. Uh, her name was Kim Oliver at the time. Uh, but uh, I remember after Kim had left, we started a family. I was still on radio, and my last lingering moments, <laughs> and uh, uh, Kim had been off the air for some time, and there was an old commercial that was played, and Kim's voice was on it. Uh, and um, uh, and so this lady called in, and she said, hey, I was so good to hear Kim's voice on the air again. I go, yeah. I said, we haven't heard that in a long time. And she said, yeah, uh, 
I always I always miss her. Whatever happened to her? She married some guy, didn't she? And and then and then we never heard from her again. It's like yeah, some some jerk, some guy, some guy, away. some guy married her. But anyway, uh, today uh, to say this is a great week of reading, I'm just gonna have to be honest. I love the week of reading, but last year, last week. I said about the podcast, and the podcast is recorded. You can listen to it; it's already available. Daniel came up with a, a wonderful title. I can't. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, what was it? Uh, something about uh, cross bearing cross Cut cross bears and and something crosses or something. Oh no, it was a. Uh... She bears and cross bears. She bears and cross bears. That's <laughs> yes. That's awesome. But I'm going to tell you, last week's reading. I said it was one of my favorites in the Bible. You always say that. Though. It still is. Still, I know. Oh. I'm saying. I'm just saying. Last week, if you haven't, if you want to listen to a podcast, you're listening to this, obviously. Okay. But you should go back and listen to last week's week 22. Because uh, and read that passage because that is uh, that we're going to covering. I think John 14, 15, 16, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Some of the biggest chapters in the Gospel of John. Also, uh, some really important, uh, powerful passages with Elijah and so forth. So powerful in the Old Testament, powerful in the New Testament. It's really uh, a that was a that's a great week of reading. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say well, I did say I did say last week. If you had to pick out one week of reading for the entire year, that's a solid one. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably as if if not the biggest week of reading wow. for the reading place. So anyway, so don't so don't miss that one. That's good. But this week. We move in Elisha's ministry. We start into his ministry and actually go through the course of Elisha's life. Uh, Elisha's going to die, and we're going to see Elisha has an impact even in death. Uh, so that's pretty powerful. Uh, and uh, Psalm 71, 72, 73, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to look at, uh, or at least we, we read through, covered this week, Proverbs 18, basically just staying within Proverbs 18. Uh, there were some significant Proverbs uh, and again, when you're reading Proverbs, I think I like the reading plan that we have, which is available online. It is. Uh, you can get June's reading plan soon to post July and August. Uh, and, uh, and so that's uh, that's the reason I like the reading plan is because it just takes Proverbs. You have a little bit of Proverbs each day uh, because when you read the whole book of Proverbs all the way through, you really don't get to savor the, the truths that are being thrown out there. Um and then uh, today, John 17, the priestly prayer, high priestly prayer of Jesus, which is really, really is the Lord's prayer. Uh, and John 18, 19, 20, and 21, as we walk through uh, the last parts of the Gospel of John and the the um, arrest, crucifixion, and uh, death of Jesus and his resurrection. So... <laughs> Uh, some big stuff. Some big stuff. Big stuff. So, so I'm not gonna say it wasn't a great week of reading, but it was a great week of reading. Yeah. Just the week before, it was like awesome. the pinnacle of reading. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, that's that's the summary for today. So we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about what was interesting when we get back. All right, we are back. Here we go. We're going to jump into what we saw devotionally this week. That's right. What we found interesting in the reading. Mm-hmm. And and the whole point is, and Kim, we're so glad you're here because I know you love the Word and so forth, but uh, we're just trying to get people excited about reading the Word of God. And so when you are going to, we, we try to highlight that every time, every week of reading has amazing things that God shows us. That is why you should never have a week in which you did not read through God's Word. Uh, so uh, this week, Kim 
Is there a particular something okay. that stuck out to you? Yes, I'm going to talk about um, John 17. Ooh. Because it is, um, it's right before Jesus was crucified, and mm. he was praying for, he was interceding, even then he was interceding for the disciples and for us, knowing what he was facing as the Son of God, but how he took the time and, and prayed for the disciples and prayed for us that would believe in him through their word. And um, just that he, there's one verse that says, This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I've glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you've given me to do. And he uh, he asked that the Father would... Um, would um, I've manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And he talked about how that now that they would be um, in the world, but but uh, that he would that God would keep them safe and keep His word in them. I, I, the whole point is that he was praying for them and interceding for them, knowing what he was facing. Um, I, I just I'm so moved by that that he you know has always. Um, always looking out for us and always protecting us and always even now he sits at the father's right hand interceding for us he mm. never has stopped interceding for us mm. and so with all that's going on in the world and how we are all oh, like i feel overwhelmed and and there doesn't seem to be solutions and you hear one thing put down and another uprising and and but all of this is happening, but we're we're not we're we've been prayed for, and even now Jesus is at God's right hand, interceding mm. for what is going on in our lives and and bringing out the most perfect good, mm. and that's incredible to me mm. that He has never stopped being an intercessor. Mm. Good stuff. See, yeah, I told you, man, I'm so glad you're <laughs> yeah. here. So yeah. don't give up, people. Don't give up. You have. Jesus Christ at God's right hand interceding for you in whatever you're facing and whatever our world is facing now and whatever you're going through in your own very intimate part of life that no one else knows. Mm. Wow. Wow. I am. Um, so this is why I wanted you to go after Kim yeah. because that way I don't have to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been after Kim for a long time. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, there you go. Um, John chapter 19 verses 10 and 11. Um, it says, so Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. I love that line as much as I love any line in well, I had to be careful. I always say that. Um, <laughs> it is such a powerful line because here you have in this moment Jesus standing with a head of state, the governor over this region in Judea, and and he's and he's looking at it, it, and if you understand the Roman government and so forth, having to deal with the Jewish people was such a headache for them because they loved being in Rome, they loved their government, they love it was very American in, in a lot of ways because of, because we, we have a lot of pride in our country, and rightfully so, uh, but we like the way we do things in America, and, and so when we go to other places, we miss the American part of who we are. And I think a lot of countries kind of get a little bit offended or think we are difficult people because we want to impress, say, because we basically bring this 
well, it's better at home, you know, or we, we have these things. This is how we do it in America, and we do it right in America. And so I was listening to a comedian the other day complaining about how the English people handle the English language, and he was just joking. <laughs> he said, he goes, after all, he goes, we invented the English language in America. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, that, but that's kind of how we think. While the Romans ruled the world, I mean, they were the world power. And so in and Jerusalem and Israel, these were people who just did not want to be Roman, did not want to become like that. So they just dealt with their customs. They didn't understand their customs. They didn't understand all things. So he's thrown into this incredibly volatile situation and has this guy, and he's trying to do the right thing and so forth. But now it's like he's having this discourse with Jesus, and it's like, come on, man. He goes, I'm, I'm just and – then, and then Jesus kind of doesn't respond the way he thinks he should. And so he has this moment where he looks at Jesus and says, do you know who I am? And Jesus looks right back at him and says, yeah, I do know who you are. Do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, and and it's like this. And you can and from the way the story plays out, you could almost feel that Pilate's like, I really don't know who you are. And I'm a little bit scared now because that's nobody ever says that to me because you've got the Pharisees outside groveling. You know, we have no God but Caesar, you know, which is just so sad uh, because we're so desperate to keep our positions. We'll say whatever you want to say. But Jesus doesn't fold. And, and, and that kind of that kind of power to come back at him, you know. And I look at godly leaders through the years, and even the apostles, when they were in power with the Holy Spirit, they took on that type of power, you know, where they would look at people like, I'm not afraid. Paul, the apostle Paul is a great example. Heads of state, you know, they're debating or whatever, and Paul's like, I'm just here to share the gospel with you guys because you're both going to hell. And so I'm just trying. I know you think you're doing something here, but I'm really trying to cut you both a break. You know, you behead me, whatever. I don't care. Just this is the and. But it all starts with Christ. It all starts with Jesus taking this, I am the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. And look at him saying, look, God put you in your place. You have this position. You are in this moment because it has been ordained to be so. And even looks at him and says, and really, you didn't make this happen. So the greater sin is not yours. It's like, and and Jesus is giving this kind of almost, I have the power to forgive. Mm -hmm. And, and you know that Pilate has heard people have been raised from the dead. People have, you know, he's a little bit intrigued by this guy. And now all of a sudden he gets this first taste of, uh, of this is Jesus. And I, and it's so, I think for those of us who know Christ, for those of us who are humbled before him, when we think about seeing him, it is both a spectacularly wonderful idea and a horrifying idea simultaneously. Because we're to be in the presence of the one who holds your eternity in his hands is a little bit uh, disconcerting. Mm. Um, and all we have is the comfort that he's given over and over again to people who have come into his presence uh, when people come to his presence and they are terrified by him and him continually saying, stand up, it's okay. You know, I, I forgive you, I love you, you're restored and so forth. But to come into his presence and not receive favor or not know him or understand him, uh, that would be a terrifying encounter indeed. And so, and I, and here you have this moment in scripture where an actual governor or someone who is, because, because we look at these people of power today and the people who have all these positions and we get a little bit intimidated by them. Um, but I believe that we are all constantly reminded that when we have the spirit of God within us, uh, 
that we are uh, this is, and this is a reminder to every church. Everybody's like, well, I hope the president does this, or I hope Congress votes on this. And it's important to remember, we have the power within the church. There is no greater power. There's not a government on the planet that's more powerful than the body of Christ. Uh, we we are the ones who are carrying out the will of God. And as long as we are doing his will, there is no force or power on this planet, no government created by men, no laws that have been passed, no military has been created, no bombs that have been invented that are more powerful than the body of Christ itself. And, uh, and so we should be confident moving forward that all we have to do, the only one we have to fear is God. And, uh, and we should go forward with that type of confidence. Mm. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, I'll keep the John theme then. Um, this is the one of the latter notes that I took, but I'll, I'll, I'll insert it. Um, just look, thinking about Jesus' resurrection, this is the fourth time we're getting to the resurrection in this read through the Bible process. So we've, we've been meditating on this a lot. And if you're a believer, then you probably meditated on it, hopefully more than just these four times yeah. this year. But, um, but here we are again, John telling the story of the resurrection and, um, it just, it just kind of hit me and I'm probably butchering all kinds of doctrinal statements when I say this, these things, but I think back to when we read about Abraham in Genesis mm-hmm. and there's the covenant that God sets up with him. And he says, um, you know, basically has the whole narrative that when my people turn away, when they turn away, I will pay the penalty and I will be slaughtered for them. Mm. And that's the dotted line that they sign, you know, skipping, skipping to the end of that. Jesus dies and he fulfills the covenant. He acts a new covenant. And that is his death when he and then when he dies on the cross, the words I most people highlight in their Bibles, I think I did. It is finished. Right. It's over. The death seals it. Um, and so, but he also resurrects, like, it's almost like it's not finished, but Jesus, but the deal is over. Hmm. We can be saved as of his death on the cross. And so his resurrection makes me just really think about and, and just feel the generosity and kindness of God. Because, um, I, I looked, I looked it up in Romans four twenty five. it says, this is spoiler alert for future readings, but. <laughs> <laughs> it says uh, he was handed over to die because of our sin, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. He mm. had no obligation to make us right with him. He just said that he would save us. Mm. But he was raised so that he could, like you said, be that intercessor for us. It's funny, I had that exact thought in my head before we started mm. recording. And yeah, to be that intercessor for us is such, it's just an act of kindness on his part, how much he loves us. Yes. God is under no obligation to be kind to us. Mm. He's God and we are but man. And so anyway, that's just kind of what I got out of the resurrection is just that it's a kindness. It's no, it's not like he has to love us like he does. He just does out of his own goodness. Yeah. Uh, yes. So. Good stuff. Good, good, good. All right, back to right, you, Ms. Back Kim. to you, Cam. We're, this is like a we, – we we've been doing ping pong. I don't know what's, what's a, a three-player. Uh, three, they make Chinese ping pong. Ping pong, <laughs> ping, 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 ping pong, ping, ping pong. Well, okay, so can we go flip back to the Old Testament and do the, the kings, the second absolutely. kings? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. follow you there. Yeah, because it's part I, of it. I said that was miracle mania. Miracle mania. I mean, all the things that was happening, all the upheaval that was going on. Mm. In the nation of Israel and how they were turning from God yeah. and, and God in his yeah. kindness. So was unlike always... today. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can compare it to 
to our nation. And <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I was reading a really good article the other day from from Dr. Anthony Evans, who was talking about how that we we do have all kinds of problems, but it's all um, because of of sin and the fact that we live in a fallen world and we are sinful people. And the problem is sin that we fight against. You know, it. it we have all the problems that stem from that, and it is a spiritual solution. It is a spiritual, hmm. um, and that we all would turn to God. I mean, that would in a perfect world, everyone would be serving Him, and the world will be perfect one yeah. day. But right now, we live in a fallen world, and we do have all kinds of issues. And the nation that turns from God will find that these issues are something that He allows to, to maybe even call us back to Himself. And so He always was trying to call the nation of Israel back to repentance, and he used a lot of things to do that, a lot of uh, problems and, and crisis and different things just like we're facing today. But the pro- but the solution was to turn back to God, to repent and turn back to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just love that he has always raised up um, people that would proclaim that, and um, Elisha was one of those people that he used – tremendously and and did miracles through to um to show the power of god and i mean it's miracle mania chapter uh what is it seven chapter three and through chapter um, three, three all the way yeah. through yeah. um all yeah all this week's reading so yeah. um i mean you can just pick, pick out one. any of those let me uh, you want me to pick out something you can so. pick out one sure. <laughs> there's death in the pot um, <laughs> gosh, it starts at three. Okay, one of the wives of the prophets. Um, she had uh, her husband had died, mm-hmm. and her children were getting ready to be taken away into slavery to pay the debts and stuff. And um, he told her to go borrow the the, the vessels, the jars, yeah, to get as many as she can, to get as many as she can as she could. And she she did. She obeyed the man of God. And she went and borrowed from her neighbors, and um, it ended up that um, when she went in and started to pour the oil out, she poured and poured and poured and filled every vessel, and then he told her, go and take and sell. I mean, one little jar of oil. Yeah. And God took it and and did the miraculous. And then later on, um, there was another woman who... um, who built a little chamber for Elisha to come and stay the widow, and yeah. the widow. Yeah. No, no, she wasn't no, a widow. She wasn't a widow. She was, she was, was a, her family. She was married by the kid. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, her son ended up um, getting sick and dying, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. She, she got the promised child, and then he grew up and was working out in the field one day with the dad, and uh, he collapsed. And so she went looking for Elisha. Yeah. and. Um, she found him and wouldn't leave him until God had healed her, brought him back to life. Yeah. And but it's just all through here. Yeah. Like, In the same way that Elijah did. Elijah had done the same mm-hmm. thing for widow and, and had her son. And uh, and it was showing that Elisha. We talked about last week that Elisha had asked for a double portion of Elijah's uh, spirit and 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 does get the ability to do the same things that Elijah had done as well. And then you mentioned the one where they're eating the stew. And so why did God, why can't a pastoral moment question here? Why did God just do one miracle after another? And yet people were still like turning from him. How could you do that after seeing all of this? Oh, 
Yeah. I'm asking the pastor. Oh, yeah. The uh, well, I mean, you have that that's a common theme throughout the Bible is you have I mean, the, you have the Red Sea, which is kind of if you, if you take the Old Testament, New Testament, the the defining moment of the Old Testament is the Red party of the Red Sea. Everybody kind of alludes back to how do we know God is amazing? He parted the Red Sea and all his people. And then in New Testament, it's the resurrection. Uh, and so you have how do we know Jesus is God? The resurrection. And in both of those two major events that as people were a part of it, they still fell away. They still had trouble seeing. You had all types of other miracles to back up things that God would do to prove his presence and so forth. But even with Elijah and Elisha, you look at Elijah and Elisha dealing with the kings that they dealt with, uh, especially Elijah dealing with Ahab. Uh, but you have them doing – they're doing the miraculous, yet the king himself still doesn't succumb to the word of the prophet. He still doesn't do what the prophet says. He still follows this line of paganism, even though the prophet is demonstrating the power of God. And even when they recognize it as the power of God, they still, it's like, I want to follow. I see that you're doing the right thing, but I just, and and that's just, uh, that's the human condition of the fall. But there are those that do believe, and, and the woman was convinced when her son yeah. was raised. I mean... Well, the thing that we pointed out also is that uh, that this had to go outside of the nation of Israel, that God took his people outside of the nation of Israel and blessed people from foreign lands right. because the nation of Israel was rejecting God. Right. So his favor wasn't shown in God in, in Israel, in God's kingdom. He uh, who has ears to yeah. hear, let him hear. Um, and so it's always been, and that's why even when Jesus comes, it is the people who reject him are the people that are leaders of Israel. Um, the leaders of God's people, who you would think would be the first people to fall in line, but they're not. And so the miracles uh, are what people who are needing confidence that this is God, it is the affirmation that they are looking for, and God gives that. But people who do not, who are not looking for God, who do not have ears to hear and eyes to see, it doesn't matter. As as uh, in the parable that Jesus told about the man who died, the rich man who died, and the uh, and Lazarus who was sitting at the gate also died, and they go and the the guy in death in hell can look and see uh, Abraham's bosom and says, "Please go back and warn my uh, brothers and sisters if a man came back from the dead." Uh, they would, and he says, "If they don't believe Moses and the law and the prophets, uh, they're not going to believe a man coming back from the dead." And that's it in a nutshell. If you don't want to believe, it doesn't matter what happens. You're not gonna believe, you're not gonna trust. And so it, it all comes down to those who want to follow, who desire to follow. God will give you reasons to believe. Uh, but if you have no intention of following, it doesn't matter if He turns the world upside down. Uh, you won't believe. And we, I think we see that today. I think we see people. Doesn't matter what well, their the church. Their hearts get hardened. Yeah. Well, so I'm saying it doesn't matter. You know, people say, oh, if we came up with this pro-life argument, then they would all change their minds. Or we came up with this argument about God being the creator, then they would all change their mind. As if apologetics itself would change the hearts of people. But it doesn't. It just gives us a reason to affirm for people who want to believe. But for people who don't want to believe and their hearts are hardened against God, it doesn't matter if you, if a man comes back from the dead, they won't believe. So, yeah. Anyway, oh. Okay, me, real quick. <laughs> I, um, I, it was about Naaman, and I had something. Yes, uh, Naaman from Syria comes, and Elisha, and just in that, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, he's a Syrian uh, military leader. 
uh, there's a Jewish or Israeli girl who's been captured uh, and uh, imparted and, and made a slave in his household. He has leprosy, and so um, because of his leprosy, <laughs> the I'm, I'm laughing about his leprosy <laughs> so because funny. it was it's so <laughs> funny. Now because of his leprosy, he's looking for a reason, and this girl says, "Hey, there's Naaman." Uh, there's or the name in the guy is there's this prophet in Israel and uh, and so he contacts the king of Israel and says I'm looking for this guy I'm the well the king of Syria contacts the king of Israel and says I'm sending my general there for healing well the king freaks out he's like oh my goodness this is a trap they're just using this as a reason to destroy us and somebody says no there is a prophet who can do this so he sends him to Elisha and Elisha tells him to go into the Jordan and to dip seven times and you'll be healed and he's and he gets mad because he's like I thought you would like wave your hand over it or do something like that. There's something that's happening that's important here though, and not that it's not all important, but something we miss sometimes. And that is when Naaman comes to this guy for he or Naaman comes to Elisha for healing, he is familiar with how people would perform things like this in his own country. That these magicians and so forth would make a big show of it. And the power of healing rested in the person who was the magician or the healer. So he would come and wave his hand or he would do something or touch you or whatever. But his presence and his actions were very pivotal in you getting what you want. And this is what people thought. It's what people think today. Mm. They look for people who they think the power is in the person or in the thing the person's holding. Like he touched me with that Bible or he put his hand on my forehead or he waved his arm or whatever. So Elisha gives him something that he is not even present for. He says, go and into the Jordan and dip seven times and you'll be healed. And he's saying, I don't even have to be there. I don't have to touch you. I don't have to do anything. And it's like, and he's like, well, we have better rivers in, in, you know, where we came from. If water is what heals me, and Elisha's saying, it's not water that heals you. <laughs> See, it's and so he's saying, just this is just common water. It's not even as good as the water you come from. It's going to be God that heals you, and that is what God is always, even in the works of Jesus, even in what He does, He's always doing things differently or change. The way Jesus would heal people, like when he would take mud and put it on the person's eyes or do whatever, it was always a, I'm not going to do this the way you think it's going to be done, and it's not the thing I'm doing that heals, it's the power of God that heals. And and something that's so important for us to always remember today, it wasn't where, if 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 you had a, something, God did something miraculous in your life, it wasn't where you were, it wasn't what you touched, it wasn't the person who was there, it was the power of God be made manifest in whatever God chose to use in that moment. He may never do it that way ever again. And he won't do it that way again if you're putting your faith in those things. It is only God and only his power that has the ability to heal us, make us right. And so, which is awesome because he's everywhere and we don't have to have those things. We don't have to go millions of miles or whatever to get to this special place or pool to dip in. You know, it's kind of like the uh, like the guy that was waiting to be dipped into the pool when the angels stirred the waters, mm-hmm. pool of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Jesus comes along and says, do you want to be healed? You don't need the water. God can heal you. You're healed. And, uh, and that's, and that is still true. That same power exists today. Cool.
I I also had something from that section, but I'm gonna forego it because yours is way better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Daniel. So no, I got others. I got others. I'm just choosing here. I have others. I'm looking at um. Let's 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 hang out in um in Second Kings still. Okay. I'm not. It's uh where we're talking about King Amaz- Amaziah, is the way I'm gonna choose to pronounce it. And the founder of Amazon. Yes, the founder yeah, of Amazon. Yeah. He's worth some trillion dollars or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is. Um, he's one of the okay kings. Um, he's not. He's not awesome, but he's. Mm-hmm. He's. Um, he. He does things right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, but he's got those. Nevertheless, he did not. It's usually to do with the high places. And um, this guy had done something unique to the other kings. He mm-hmm. had kept the high places. But he just more he turned them into maybe kind of how they had started to be like these places of worship to the one true God. Now at this point, God had said eliminate the high places, mm. but he had thought maybe it would be easier. I, I can only assert my own motives into his his mind because it doesn't give us this. But I was it, it would make sense if he thought I mean, you know, politically it'd be easier just to turn them into high places of the worship the Lord instead of these other gods, and mm-hmm. it's costly to do that, and, you know, whatever his thinking may be. I, this is what I wrote down in my journal. And it says, thinking you can honor God in a way different from what he said is a really dangerous game. Uh, Amaziah tried to use the high places for the worship of the Lord rather than tear them down completely. While possibly good-intentioned, this um, was contrary to what the Lord wanted, and Amaziah's efforts as a king suffered because of it. Wow. So as we, like, just trying to personalize it, not only in how we worship God, which is absolutely applicable in a zillion ways, but in how we try to honor God. When God says to do something, we need to just go ahead and do it. Yeah. I think you preached, you can go back to the previous episode on this podcast, uh, there's Pastor Troy's sermon from this last Sunday, or he even talks about, when God says to do something, just do it. Don't sit in this place of actual, what it really is is disobedience. Mm. is when you try to take what God says and morph it to fit your own desires. When God says to do something, you just got to do it. When he says to share your faith, that doesn't mean act like a good person and hope that they will imagine that you're a Christian and ask you about it someday. Of course you want to act like a Christian. But he says share your faith, be a witness. Mm. So share your faith and be a witness. If he says to not covet, that doesn't mean don't steal. He also says don't steal. But he also says guard your heart and don't covet. Right. You know, so there's all these like ways we get try to get around what God actually says. When he says to tear down the high place, he means tear down the high place. Not right. morph the high place into something that he, I think he might like. His word already says that our best works are filthy rags. And right. what he desires is obedience and not sacrifices. So anyway. Well, that's what, and that's the same thing with Saul. I mean, yeah, it started exactly. with him. He did the same thing. Every, and we do that. Everyone yeah. does that because we all think that we can make God happy doing all these different things that we make up, where if we would just do what he says, we would honor him the best. To yeah. obey is better, it's better than, than sacrifice. sacrifice. That's exactly right. The and the fat of rams. Yes. Man, so. Well, I, I noticed in Kings, too, like there's all kinds of kings vying for power, and, and they were all, um, you know, just trying to, to keep their line and, and mm. keep the power, but there were kings that, that stood in that hour for for God's way, and they made their heart pure, and they made their steps purposeful to serve the Lord. And that's what we have to do in our generation now. We have to stay faithful to God. 
And in spite of all that's going on around us, you guard your heart, you guard your life, and you make sure that you are doing and obeying God in these hours that we're in. And um, don't judge your brother. Don't look at what he's doing, but guard yourself and make sure that you are following God and being faithful. And that that'll take care of a, a lot of things. But stay true to God. Psalm, um, what was it, 73? But um, David was saying how that he had he had surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence and all that was going on in the world he was saying you know just they are prospering and look at all of that they're getting and um, then he says nevertheless I'm continually with you you have taken hold of my right hand with your counsel you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory whom have I in heaven but you and beside you I desire nothing on earth. And that is how we have to fix our heart, just who Jesus is our hope. And we don't have any other hope or purpose except in him. And and who do we have that can that we want to give our lives to that we want to give? I mean, who who do we have that will save us but God? And and besides you, I desire nothing on earth. And if he is our desire, he is our focus, he is our reason for living this world is passing away. All the powers here, they're going to one day bow their knee to Jesus Christ. And we have the opportunity opportunity now to stand for him, to be faithful to him. Mm. Because who do we have in heaven but him? And who do we have? What thing do we have on earth that's greater than, than him that we desire? So stay true and stay faithful. And like Daniel said, you know, keep your way pure before him and, and walk faithfully and that that is all we can do hmm. don't lose heart well, we need to take a break man yeah all right so. take a break we will be back we are back for a final brief question and answer moment yes sir we kind of have one major thing we want to hit we might <laughs> okay we might touch something else we might touch some other things just to, I, before we get into the thing, the question, uh, this is a one of those times the Jehoash, Jeho, Joash, and so forth. Those are be careful with that because you're just taking a Hebrew name and there's condensed versions of the same name, and and it flip flops from the king of Israel to the king. It seems like one king's son in Israel is named after another king in Israel and uh, in Judah, and so it goes back and forth and so on. Uh, the names get a little confusing through this reign. As if they weren't hard uh, so, enough. As if they weren't hard enough. They all have the same names, and uh, so it's so that's why they put the they don't have last names. So you son of, and uh, and and so when you would say Bar something like Bar Abbas in the New Testament, like Barabbas, we say Barabbas, but it's really Bar Abbas, which means son of the father. Uh, which is going to be, <laughs> but anyway, still, ironic. still, it's a name, and uh, and that would be a surname. It would be your last name. So, like my last name is Richard. Well, that makes sense. Abba. Correct. Abba. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got go. it. There you go. Brain wrinkle. Bum 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 bum. Ironic, because he was <laughs> put up next to. But the son of somebody sent us a God. message. It really wasn't a question, but they said, "What was it that they said?" Yeah, they said uh, they sent in a text uh, that said Second Kings this morning eating their children. Really? 
<laughs> that was the text that we got. Yes. So, and the passage is from. So yes, Troy, really? Uh, yes, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, it says, Sometime later, uh, Benadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The last. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press? He was just saying, basically, there's nothing I can do either. Then he, then he asked her, what's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But she, has, she had hidden him. Now, if you ever say the Bible doesn't have some very graphic moments mm. in it, that's a rough one right there. Uh, and the king was like so distraught because uh, he tore his robes because he's like, we've gotten to a bad place. Actually, in Ezekiel, in Jeremiah's Lamentations, it also refers to this in historical documents in Babylon uh, of different this was This was kind of common for a siege. And that is basically an, a military army has surrounded your walls. Instead of expending a lot of soldiers where they try to break into the walls and you've got people up on top of the walls throwing rocks on them and boiling oil or arrows or whatever, they just hang back and they don't let anybody leave. And if you come out, they kill you. And uh, and if and so you're stuck inside your city. And this is what they know. They can bring supplies in for their army because they can go anywhere. You can't get supplies. And so they wait you out sometimes for a year, for two years. And they will just, and this was what they did at Masada in Rome, a famous military conflict. Rome surrounded Masada, and this it's famous for this group of Israel or Jewish people that uh, hung out in Masada for two years or 18 months. Um, the way they finally defeated it, because they just got tired of waiting them out, because Masada was made to last a long time with the secret aqueducts and food supplies, uh, is they... Um, uh, this is just a, I don't know how I got off on this, but inter- interesting historical point. The Roman Empire uh, took their family members who were not inside the walls and had them build a ramp up uh, to so they didn't kill their own family members who were building. They had to choose mm. between killing their own family members who were building a ramp or allowing them to build a ramp so the Romans could get there. But uh, to take the to take the victory away from the Romans, they all killed themselves. And so, uh, but it just is a reminder. We don't have it as bad as we think. I, if you're looking for a silver lining, uh, we're not there. Uh, but it, there were some really, really, really dark times in the Old Testament, and that people went through. Um, and uh, and God always said, always said, this is just a reminder. It always happened as a result of disobedience. Mm-hmm. There was never a time. He always said, I'll pour out my blessing on you. I will take care of you. I will feed you. I'll take care of you. And Jesus kind of demonstrated that, and he demonstrated but through the feeding of the 5,000, things like that, just saying, hey, God has all the resources on the universe. He will feed you, sustain you, take care of you. Um, the reason why we do not have that prosperity message that they had in the Old Testament today is because he's ushering in a new kingdom that's not of this world. And so um, so we're not looking for prosperity in this life. But there is prosperity promised in the life to come. So, How awesome would that have been? Because no other nation, you're right, has gotten that promise. 
that says, right. if you would act obediently, I will make it go well for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Solomon had that. Solomon had it. I know. And then still squandered it. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. So I wish we could let in on a... Well, it is a hap, well, the, the happy high note. The, the high note is the yeah. king is coming. That's right. Back, and we will A greater be than with Solomon him. will be here. Yes. Yeah. And so. it will never end. Well, Kim, we have certainly enjoyed you being with us. Thank you. It's been so refreshing. And come back, in the, come back again. I'm stuck staring at Troy every week. That's and right. It's just so nice. <laughs> That's right. So so anyway, and, and, and a person I don't have to worry about social distancing with. So That's right. Even yes. better. Welcome so. to the club. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for yeah. being a part of our podcast today. We will see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.